Welcome to Hey Girl. I'm your host, Bill Janice. Join me every week where I sit down with one of my amazing and talented friends who are experts in their field, and we have a little chat. Welcome to this episode of Hey Girl. I'm your host, Bill Janice, and I am so excited and thrilled to be launching our third season today with uh, one of the most amazing and brilliant people that I've ever had the pleasure of working with. Um, He is a world-renowned choreographer, artistic director, leader, innovator, artist. I mean, I could go on and on. A man who clearly needs no introduction from me, but I'm also very excited that I actually get to say this today. So please welcome Joel Hall. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. What's up? (laughs) I love it. How are you? I'm good. I am absolutely fabulous. You and you're looking absolutely fabulous, darling. Thank you. You know, I just had a birthday recently. So you did. I'm 420. Honey, I'm in retrograde now. (laughs) Yes, girl. Okay. She's just working her way down now. You don't backwards, baby. Backwards, baby. That baby. (laughs) She went Benjamin Button. Full Benjamin Button over here. You're coming to us from Chicago. I love Chicago, obviously, as as you know. I've lived there for many years, and I oh, I miss it there. How is everything at home? Everything is actually pretty good. I mean, the city has changed a lot since you've left. Okay. But um, I would say that overall, the city is in good shape. Okay, that's well, that's good. Uh, I think that we have a lot of issues uh, that are difficult issues for a lot of people who are outside looking in because all they're seeing the negative sure rather than the positive and of course we always look for the light always (laughs) always we always find the light so therefore you know i think that a lot of the negativity that's coming from the outside is has a purpose yeah absolutely that is happening all over the country and all over the world. Yeah, we're definitely in some interesting times right now. Very interesting. And the drag queens are, they are be- being knocked off by the day. Yeah. You know, that is not working with me. No. That does not work in our community. We don't do that. We love each other. We embrace each other. We speak kindly to, to each other all the time. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? So for these outside forces to be banding against us, it's like knockers up, honey. Right. Well, and it's also, as I'm sure you, you know, you you share the sentiment that it's also feels it's almost like you have that feeling of, is this really happening in 2022? Like, uh, <laughs> you know I mean? well, you know, I, I would say, yes, I have that feeling, but also, I had that feeling in the 1970s. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. I'm an old school girl. You are. Oh, you are one of the OGs, honey. Okay. <laughs> okay. OG. OG. And I remember the day back in the day when this is we've gone through this. Mm-hmm. We have gone. But did through- you ever think you'd have to go through it again? 
You know, I thought that gay liberation would bring us to a new light mm-hmm. so that we had a clearer understanding of who we are. And I think that part of gay liberation is not just marching. Sure. But my experience with gay liberation in New York when I lived in New York and here mm-hmm. was that we it was a it was an organization of development. Okay. It was an organization of uh, when you said gay liberation, you were radically oriented about how to clean this shit up and let this stuff up. <laughs> it's fine, girl. <laughs> and let these people let these people do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. You don't have to mess with us, right? If you want, if you don't want us to go to your school, I'm good. I'll form my own. And you did. So and she did, girl. Listen, I love that. Listen, I wanna actually I wanna talk, I wanna get into that as well before you know, before we go too far off off of the subject of fabulous you. But we (laughs) can we talk? I actually I really I'm interested, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I've, I've had some really wonderful experiences with you personally, um, mm-hmm. but I'm actually really interested. And I think the audience would like to know, can you kind of walk us through the early years? Can you walk us through yourself as a performer and as a dancer before before you created the school and the company and all the things that we've known for the last 40, 50 years? OK, well, uh, the school, the the school actually I started dancing at Northeastern Illinois University. Mm-hmm. Actually, I started just before that. Okay. I was taking classes before Northeastern, but I really wasn't really performing, performing, performing until I went to Northeastern. I started undergraduate school in 1968. Okay. I graduated in 72 with a bachelor's in sociology, and then I went into graduate work. Uh, in social science. So I actually consider myself a social scientist. Okay. Work through choreography. Oh, I love that. That's why a lot of my pieces have a tendency to be more socially oriented. Sure. uh, More community um, focused. Mm -hmm. So that I can connect the purpose is to connect with my audience at any age because I think that art does not have an age. No, it doesn't. Art is consistent. If I listen to Nina Simone or if I listen or if I read James Baldwin, that is consistent. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? I could read it now or I can read it like you know, 30 years from now, and it will still have relevance to me. Sure. Don't you think, though, too, as well, the brilliance of that as well is that it could still affect you differently at different ages and different parts of your life. It could mean something different. You could discover new things from it. Exactly. And that is the purpose of ongoing learning. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, we're very good at that. I remember you, you always taught me that, that, honey. I remember that. You you told me you're like you will always be learning. Keep learning. Keep learning. Honey, I'm I'm every day I'm gathering more and more and more information, you know, mm-hmm. even at this age I'm like yeah. I'm like eager 
sure. to more. Because the more I know, the more I find out there is to know. Yes. Oh, oh, that's so inspiring. You just gave me some chills. There's a little inspiring, inspiring moment for the day. That's a good way to start the day, honey. <laughs> yes, baby. I hear you. Um, I love that. So mm-hmm. when um when we start when you started the company with mm-hmm. Joseph, um, what were I mean, I'm sure there were many and and it might be hard to pinpoint just one, but I'm curious, you know, obviously the, the company has had found great success and worldwide recognition. What were some of those initial uh challenges and struggles that you guys had to overcome to get to where you ultimately went? Okay, well, initially, as I said, I came out of Northeastern Illinois University. Before that, I had danced with Nana Scheinflug here uh, with the Chicago Moving Company. Mm-hmm. That was in my early, early days, even before I started at Northeastern, I was taking classes at Nana's. And I worked with wonderful, wonderful teachers uh, that got me to the point that I wanted to know more. So I continued investigating dance through my life. It became sure. a lifetime signature. So initially it was very difficult because, well, it actually wasn't. Actually, the beginning was m- much more interesting because it was, I was at Northeastern, there was the Black Panther Party, there was okay. SDS, there was the Young Lords, there was Gay Liberation, and there was me. Yes, girl! <laughs> okay. <laughs> so just so you guys know, if, if anybody's not watching the video on this and you're just listening to the audio, you should see the choreography that this man is giving me right now. <laughs> There's more work. I can't. There's always more. There's always more. (laughs) There's always more. (laughs) So, you know, at that time, it was a really interesting period because all of these groups actually wanted to work together to know more about each other. Each other. Good. Yeah. Yeah. So it was a very, very different period than what we see since Black Lives Matter. Mm -hmm. So at that point, people there was still a little like you know well why are you hanging out with so and so and why are you doing this and why are you doing that being judgmental which had nothing to do with anything but them okay mm-hmm. so my partner was Anna Chayun who was Ukrainian mm-hmm. and she was fierce and this thing was like <laughs> she was beyond a quadruple threat yes honey (laughs) okay just just put her at the wing baby and she is on fire Fire. okay and in order to keep up with her i had to be on fire too i bet you did (laughs) but i know you did i know you kept up with her (laughs) honey she would come at me with a lift for a lift like like you better put me you better lift me no (laughs) it was like a jet plane honey you better catch this plane Like there was no option. There was no option to not like you. She just started coming. You're like, I'm all right. I'll catch you. <laughs> I got you. <laughs> <laughs> You're not gonna fall. I got. You. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So you know, those were fun, fun days. But there was also a lot of opposition to the fact that there, we were integrated couple. Sure. She was Ukraine. I was black. There has always, well, I am Black. 
I was black then, I am black now, and I will be black in the future. Okay. But I think that, you know what I'm saying? I think everybody's black. I'll take it. (laughs) Okay, I want you to do your science. Honey, let's go back. Okay. So whenever anyone is racist, or I'm feeling that they're being racist, I think that that is a form of Mm self-hatred. As we had in gay liberation in the 70s, because the analogy here is that in the 70s, we did consciousness raising as groups in groups when I lived in New York and here to learn more about how to communicate and coordinate with each other in order to be a movement of force. Yeah, because you have to understand each other's point of view in order to grow. Exactly. Exactly. So in 1972, I no 74, I believe it was somewhere in there. There was something in uh, Philadelphia called the People's Revolutionary Constitutional Convention. Okay. And the purpose of that was that the New York cell, which was my group of men, there were five gay men living in a, a, a commune on the Lower East Side of New York. And I was also taking classes at the Ailey School at the time. Sure. Whole bunch of shit. Oh, right. <laughs> so, she got know. a lot of things going on in here in the story. Okay, and then getting up at five o'clock in the morning to go print posters for SDS. Okay. <laughs> okay. Holding my boyfriend's hand, walking down the street at five o'clock in the morning in New York City. I'm not mad at you. In the either. 70s. It was cute. That was cute. That I was bet- really cute. <laughs> Okay. Now we have a whole generation, I think, of young, beautiful, beautiful young people that really don't really have that connection to that period. Sure. I agree. I totally agree. An understanding of the the history. The not just the history, but the 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 struggle that their brothers and sisters Mm. had to go through in order for us to be at this place where we're having even having this conversation true yeah because we you know when i was growing up we couldn't have had this conversation yeah no i understand that and i i think sometimes do you find yourself i don't want to sound negative but do you find yourself because i know with me sometimes i catch myself getting a little frustrated with maybe the younger Mm -hmm. generation for not knowing that they are enjoying uh, freedoms that they, that not that long ago, they did not have. Exactly. I don't get frustrated by it. It kind of, what I get frustrated by is, are the events that led to that separation. I see. I see. And the event that led to that separation was AIDS. Mm, yeah, because that knocked out a whole level. If you looked at layers of the earth, okay, this is this period, this is this period, this is this period, this is this period. Here we are, and there's a there's all that space in there, all that in between space, all that in between mm-hmm. space is AIDS. Yeah, and it Ooh. took out a lot. It took out a lot. It took out a lot of my brothers and ancestors. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, even having to live through that was a real uh, unique 
and fearful and hopeful and you know day-to-day experience yeah i'm actually really interested to know a little bit more your firsthand experience during that that very challenging time in, in our community's history okay well i uh during that period i volunteered two days a week at first at cook county hospital okay i'd go in on tuesdays and thursdays and i'd be there all day yeah and i worked on the aids ward specifically because no one at that time was helping people with the AIDS. Yeah, and they were scared too, right? Was, the nurses were scared to go into the room. Sure. I would go into the room. Yes, you would. And they oh, well, no. these people need and they needed they needed because human they interaction need, and human contact. Touched. Yes. They needed to their hands I need to be touched. To- I get it, girl. <laughs> Sorry, probably the bad, probably a bad time for a joke, but no voice, honey, no voice. I can dance though, baby. Yes, honey. Yes, you can. You have a voice. Come on, girl. (laughs) All right, I'm sorry. Probably a bad time for a joke, but I just but go. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it was a very interesting period because you know, I saw everything from A to Z on the spectrum of what that mean, what that word indicates mm-hmm. uh i mean a to z every letter of it of that alphabet i experienced through other people and the one thing that i learned during that period bill a girl was to respect their life and i learned how to live my life through what they were going through Oh wow. It taught me how to live. I oh wow, that's really powerful. It it it, it was amazing mm-hmm. because you you know, all of my best friends, like all of my very closest, closest girlfriends, they were all like dropping like flies. Yeah. And all I could do was stand around and go, what can I do? Did you feel helpless? I felt completely helpless. Mm-hmm. And I went to uh Cook County Hospital and volunteered there to two days a week. And then after three years of being there, <clears throat> I moved on to Illinois Masonic Hospital, which had an AIDS ward specifically on the mm-hmm. third floor. And I worked there also as a volunteer. So I got to help people. I got to be there with people when they were dying. I got to be there with people when they were living. And that's what I meant by they taught me how to live because they they died respectfully, most of them. Mm-hmm. And if they were angry before they died, then they were angry people. Yeah. If they if they if they were with themselves when they died, then they were with uh with themselves when they were okay. Sure, sure. So all it did was to exacerbate that. And highlight that what what would have been anyways, yeah, like what they were before they were in that 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 illness or in that place. Exactly. So I grew a lot from that. That had really helped me grow a lot personally, because I knew that it was something that could always happen to me as well. So what was? Do you mind if I ask? I mean, obviously, you you know uh, were one of the few as you as you mentioned that even the nurses. Um, were fearful in certain cases to treat patients. 
I'm sure you weren't fear. I'm sure there wasn't complete lack of fear, but you obviously your willingness to to be there and and, and assist was p- greater than any fear. But could you tell me what what the what it felt like for you? Like, I mean, I'm sure you had moments of fear during that time personally or no. I did probably probably in the back of my mind. I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, the fear was more for me. Sure. You know that. Uh, that that would happen to me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I think we all felt that. Yeah. yeah. And, and what I learned was um, that I, was, I wasn't really fearful to help my brother or sure. my sister. Yeah. I wasn't really fearful to hold her hand, even though it was puffed up the size of a baseball mitt. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't scared to be there with them. And let them know that there was someone there with them because sometimes their parents wouldn't even show up or their siblings wouldn't even show up or their friends wouldn't even show up. Nobody would show up but those of us who volunteered. So we became kind of like family. Oh, I'm sure. Absolutely. And it was... It was really unintentional. It just happened naturally. Naturally, yeah. You know. So I am... I'm grateful for that experience, really. And it also enhanced in terms of what I did, how I felt about life and how I felt about dance. Yeah. And the significance of how this all, all of these dots connect into the person that you become. Yeah. And that you are still becoming. Always becoming, honey. (laughs) We are still becoming, honey. Okay. We keep it moving, baby. We, yeah, that's a good one. That that I think oh, that's gonna be you know one of the to... lines. We keep it moving, honey. Girl, we keep that's... moving, girl. Girl, girl. Oh, that's G U R L, honey. G yeah, that G U R L, girl. I love it. Well, <laughs> I I love that you bring that up because um that's something that I I've been very aware of as well in my own journey in my own life that I, of trying to connect the dots, trying Mm -hmm. to connect my experiences and things that I've learned even from other people, um, whether it be directly or indirectly. Um, Mm -hmm. And what does that mean? Or is that revealing, you know, whatever emotions come up? Is it, what is it revealing to myself about myself as I continue to grow? Um, And what what do I want to continue to take with me? And what do I want to release? And, um, And I love that you bring that up because not that many people are able to make that connection within themselves in their own experiences, you know? Well, because they, they don't have that reference point. Sure. So you really can't blame young people for not knowing because they don't have any point of reference. So how do we, how do we remedy that? I think we remedy that by trying to engage with people who are older. Okay. I mean, uh, I love working with young people because yeah. I think that they are n- nine times out of 10, every young person that I have worked with has offered more than you could imagine in terms of what they're willing to give of themselves to learn who it is they're becoming. Or to be vulnerable in the studio. Or, or yeah. Mm-hmm. Good point. Very good point. To be vulnerable. So. Uh, I think one of the things that could help a lot is just a conversation between senior citizens 
and with younger gay men and women mm-hmm. who are finding their way. Yeah. Especially during this time that everybody is trying to tear us down and put us in the garbage again. Again. Yeah. And that's the key word again. Right. You know what? We're not having it. No, (laughs) ma'am. I love you. What? It's not happening. I love you, girl. Uh, No. And you're right. We're not going to do that. We're not going to do that. Okay, let's switch gears real quick here because I also I you know I want to get through a couple things. Um, okay, a couple some more. That, let's get let's lighten it up a little bit here. I want to okay. talk about the Joel Hall dancers, honey. <laughs> yes, baby. So okay, first of all, uh-huh. I mean again, you know I know you don't need any any sort of flattery from me, but you know how much I respect you, and I I was lucky enough to come and dance with you guys um, during a period of time that was over your 30th anniversary of the company. So obviously a lot went down before I came around, but but honey, oh my gosh, your, I mean, your style of movement always just felt good on me. Like for, for me, I don't know how it looked, but it felt good on me. Fabulous actually, (laughs) because uh, you did El Gato Negro and no one has, no one has done that role like that since. Oh my gosh. I swear. Thank you. <laughs> I swear. Okay. Wow. No one can do that role like that. Oh my gosh. You've just made my whole everything. <laughs> I think that every dancer contributes what it is, who it is they are to the work. Sure. Sure. Okay. And you came in fully committed to being th- to that role. And I saw you working on it on the side. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> until you had it. Honey, listen. Well, that's I think. Oh my God, you I love you for that. And thank you for that. I because that piece for me, um, you know, obviously holds such great memories and such great uh uh place in my heart. But um for people who don't know, just to kind of let everyone else in on the conversation, you know, this was this it was his it was Joel's 30th anniversary concert. And we were reprising this uh, fabulous piece called Agato Negro that he had done originally. When did you originally do that? I think it was uh, in the 80s, maybe. Okay. And it, but it was, um, what was I going to say? So having said that, Beck, this was, what year was this? This would have been like 2004 or yeah, something like that? Yeah, let's see. Somewhere around then. Yeah, it was around 2004. Yeah. And so we, um, but... <laughs> I was well, fairly new to the twenty four now, know, right, <laughs> girl? Where, where did the time go? I mean, I was. And so anyway, the, the point I'm trying to get to is that for the dancers who who, who are a little um, disconnected to that time period, we were learning choreography with old VHS tapes, you know, and we were also like reversing it, you know, just from watching it and trying to figure it out. So when Joel mentioned he saw me off to the side working on it, I was working on that for a long time, trying to figure out what the hell was going on in that, in that, in that solo <laughs> and how yes. I could do it and how I could do yeah. it. <laughs> yes. Um, and and I was, did oh, it fantastically. I mean, it was brilliant, you know. Thank you. I think a lot of the work that I do uh, has a tendency to have that little spark that wants to maybe move you in one direction or another. I don't, I like for pieces to have intention. Mm-hmm. I want you to either jump up out of your seat and scream and yell, fall down and faint, yeah, dance out the up the aisles of this the, the theater 
Sure. But ever. You know what I'm but I need for you to feel something. I need for I need for you to feel something from this. Yes. I'm not here to give you swans because you've already seen swans. We know how to do that too. Yeah. Because we had to learn all of that in order to do what we do best. I hope this doesn't sound uh, too uh, vain, but I'm just curious. I'm curious since I have this opportunity, what do you, what was your first impression of me and what, cause I was so green when I came to you and I was so young and I, I just was so, I was so in awe of everything that you and the people that you brought around you were doing the work that you guys were doing. And I'm curious, what, what was it that you saw in me that you decided to take a chance on me? Cause you gave me my first job. I think, uh, Bill, that I always look for the what I look for in a person is the willingness to want to do the work because it's not easy being a dancer. No, it's not. And you have to put in the tondus, the degages, the attitude swings, the grand batmas, the developes, and all of that before you get to the jazz hand, right. Oh, honey, then you got to put in the contractions and the release and the falls and the tilts of Horton and Graham. Yes, we did have to take Horton and Graham every week. I remember, I don't know your stuff. Yeah, and what I look for always in a dancer is how far are they willing to grow themselves? Okay. And if I see that potential, I can tell, I can tell at the bar mm-hmm. when they first start doing please. Yeah. The the way they enter the room. I can tell how a dancer enters the room, what their personality is before they even put their bag on the floor. Oh, I love it. I, love I know it. when I see them, what is going to happen before the fact. I know who I'm going to use, kind of. I want to see them get through this class. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you see how they handle it, yeah. See how they handle the class, see how they handle the choreography. And then, even if it's not 100%, if they're at their best at 100%, that's 100% for me. Mm. So my attraction to bringing you to the company to work with us was the fact that you were willing to want to know more about what it is we were doing. And those are the kind of dancers that I think, I often tell people that we don't train just train dancers, we train leaders. Mm. Because most of the people that have left the company have gone on to form their own companies or gone on to teach mm-hmm. or now you're doing podcasts. Yes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh, that is still related. Sure. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? As well as that, I'm sure you're doing other things as well, but you always have that in your background and that stays with you forever. Once you get that, I tell them, I say, dancers, everyone cannot do what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're learning a special a specialty. You're learning something that is very sacred. So you really must protect it and you really must take care of yourself doing it. And you must get the proper information and the proper feedback mm-hmm. while you're in the process of learning more. So your attraction to me was 
mainly that you were willing to go. Okay. I like an that. Extra mile mm-hmm. to learn it. When I saw you over in the corner, learn that choir, I was going to have that piece. I yeah. love you. <laughs> mm-hmm. We had so much fun though. I mean, I, I had that for me, I had, you know, I was in that, that, uh, group, I'll call it, with uh-huh. with the it was the Zarina and me and Courtney and oh uh, gosh, who else? Ka- uh, Kareem and you know, I mean that was that was our our little family. You know, <laughs> we were like whole family, yeah. and, and they're um, still family. You know, they my are still family. Yeah. family. So you know, I can't tell you how many dancers have gone through the company. It'd be interesting to do that. But um, have you ever thought of having a reunion? Another well, reunion? I have thought of it. I was going to do it maybe for my 50th uh, anniversary. Which is coming up in how many years? In two years. Two years. Okay. Well, I will be there, girl. Like, if oh, you have, uh, if you build it, I will come. No. <laughs> the children better come. I want y'all all to come out for this one, honey, because this is going to be a cock knocker. <laughs> I, will, I will get on that plane, honey. I will book that flight to, go, okay. <laughs> to be there for that party. It's and if you, need, if you need me to do a little jazz hands, I can do that, too. <laughs> Well, you know what? I might just drag you out there and say, okay, Bill, teach this part over here. <laughs> we did that role. Go learn it again and teach it. I love it. Well, and I remember thinking too, for me, just again, not I'm not trying to keep it talking about myself, but just to make it relatable to uh, to people listening. I remember um your I mean your style of movement, and you've you've uh you know mentioned that you like to to describe it as urban jazz, which you know mm-hmm. has ballet, modern, uh street dancing, it has the very nice balance of everything. And mm-hmm. I remember as a young dancer, um, you know, coming into this jazz company and jazz school thinking, wow, yeah, he really, really wants us to take a lot of ballet and he really wants us to take a lot of modern. And you kind of touched on that. Do you think that now um, uh, in 2022 that there, that some of that has gotten lost or watered down with some of the younger generation? I think that the younger generation is in they're exploring okay what possibilities are and i like that what i what i think is very important for every young dancer is that they study not take class mm-hmm. but they study dance okay okay because you take class doesn't mean that you're studying. Because mm-hmm. you go, you get, you go in there and get through your bar, right. okay, <laughs> and okay, and not sweat. Right. I don't see a bit, uh, one bead on your body. And see, after plies in my class, I want to see some popping, honey. Right, right. I want to yeah. see some agua. He wants to see the work. No. Okay. <laughs> I remember, girl. <laughs> so who are do you mind if i ask since we're here i mean who are some of your like some of your ogs from the company like that that are still working with you i mean obviously you know i i think Mm -hmm. we've got i'll let you talk claire was in the company when you were there she was and she i think she's fabulous um and i know that you have named her the artistic director yes i have Tell me what and that process was like coming, going to well, that's have a very, to name a successor. That's an interesting question because I was just talking, having this conversation yesterday with another group about succession. Mm-hmm. 
And and we really didn't get too far into it because you know I go off on my tangents. But <laughs> okay. At any rate, succession is a real interesting place for the artistic director because first of all, they have to make some very heavy choices about how is this organization going to continue? And what more can you bring as the leader of this organization to the organization at this point? Mm -hmm. And I felt that at this point, it was important for me as a leader to bring a leader okay. into like the company as artistic director. And it shouldn't be anybody that doesn't know what they're you know, what we do or, or, or we'll call it the the brand culture of Joel Hall. (laughs) Exactly. If they they don't understand the brand culture, it doesn't really work out. And it's not going to resonate the same. Yeah. And I find the same thing is is true with administrators Mm, or with faculty. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, I think it's all like kind of connected. I look at it as all like, you know, these people that you're bringing in, are they the right people to take you into the 21st century mm-hmm. and not be in the 20th, 20th? I am of the 20th century. My work is of that period. Mm-hmm. I have not choreographed anything in the 21st century because I haven't had the opportunity to do so. We closed down the school for now through this COVID crisis. Mm-hmm. But we're getting ready to reopen in a new building. We have a fabulous new building. Yes, the hall. Let's let's talk about that in one second, actually. But I, do you mind if I just want to? Because I just want to finish the the succession conversation. Yeah. Um, okay. To, to just to continue uh, what chose, you were saying. I, I chose Jackie because she had been in the company for thirty years. Mm-hmm. She's so brilliant. She, I, I mean, I think you may obviously think you made the right choice, but <laughs> I I love Jackie. I love watching her do, yeah. do your movement and. Yeah, and she, you know, she's developed like her own persona around that movement that yeah. she's doing now. She's doing her own work. I went to see one of her pieces yesterday. Yeah, that we did downtown, and it was absolutely, absolutely stunning. Oh, I love beautiful. that. So, you know, it's important for me. Part of my gratification is to see you do well. Oh, thank you. See Jackie do well, to see Will do well, to see Zarina do well, Mm -hmm. to see all of these people that come out. All the children. (laughs) All the children. You were like, and I do, and I have to, you know, again, send appreciation that way for that too. Cause I I felt when I was there, I felt like it was family. It was, and it's, and as you mentioned, it's still, it still is. I don't, you know, get the opportunity to talk to everybody daily or even weekly most of the time, but we're still connected and we still talk, you know, that's that's, for life. Those know each other for, they'll know each other forever. And that's very special, you know, because not every, not every place or organization uh, is, is like that. Um, and so I think that, you know, that's something I, I, I really cherish from my time there. Um, and there was just an, ener- an energy when you walked into the studio. There was an energy that is, it was unfathomable. And, and yes, it, so 
I did feel what you what you had mentioned. I definitely felt the feeling of I want to know more. I want to work harder. I want to learn more. I want to figure out what this is all about when I would walk into that room. <laughs> well, that's the idea. And I think that in any anything that we're doing, of course, mm-hmm. any area of concentration that we choose to move into, be it brain surgeon or be it uh, be it g- uh, garbage collector, mm-hmm. you know, that it is about wanting to know more about how to do it better. Yeah. You know, that, that really grows you into those positions of leadership mm-hmm. and you do- don't get there any other way. I think that, I think that, you know, creativity is ongoing. Okay. And I, it doesn't stop. Mm-hmm. And it, it it doesn't even stop when you're gone when you're no longer on the planet. It's still here. Mm-hmm. It you have still made work, and that work is still here, whether you're here or not. And my question is, like for example, if myself, I send, I know that sometimes I will be obsessed assessing over something that I'm working on. Sometimes mm-hmm. to the point of where it could potentially be unhealthy. Like I can't let it go or I can't, I can't, I'm so in trying to make something perfect, quote unquote, perfect. Do you think that there's a point in within each person or with each individual that they have to say, okay, I'm going too far. I'm going too far of maybe I'm expecting too much, or maybe I'm uh, being too hard on myself or no. Or do you think that that's healthy? I think it's very healthy. Okay. No, I think it's always. I think it's always important for us to want to expect more of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, we get more out of ourselves. True. It's when we get up from what it is we're doing that we have a tendency to move off into some other area that we have no business. (laughs) I I love the way you said it. You have no business being here, girl. Oh, we talk. Okay. So, so let's talk about the hall. Okay. So you mentioned that you, we'd closed the school um, during COVID. Mm -hmm. Um, You've got this fabulous new space that's going to be opening when? We're opening it at the end of the year, I believe this year. Oh, that's so exciting. Tell tell us about it. Well, it is a space that was donated to us by the Logan Foundation. And all we have to do is build it out. I love it. It is. We'll have three studios and a theater, one of which, two theaters, one of which will be a black box, mm-hmm. the other will be a theater. Nice. Uh, it is a corner. It's on a corner. I always love these Yo, corners. You got to be on those corners, honey. <laughs> Wait, that didn't sound right. <laughs> Give me a, remind me of the old days, honey. In the corner. <laughs> 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 well, you were when I met we we were we were at the corner of uh Clark and was it um Belden no. Sorry. Yeah, Berwin. Yeah, Berwin. Yeah. Berwin. And then um but then you also but you the the school most recently was at what was that Clark and Thorndale? Clark between Elmwood and Thorndale. Yeah. I love it. it. And they the, kind of in the middle of the block. Mm. And I really when I first saw the location I was thinking, you know, business is about location location sure so i was thinking okay well could we do this here because i like the the vastness of the space Mm -hmm. 
And yeah, I it was knew, quite large. Yeah. And it was unobstructed. We didn't have pillars. Mm-hmm. And any pillars that we had, we build walls into the pillars. Yeah. So the pillars wouldn't be there. Right. <laughs> so, as a result of that, we had three studios. And we had two dressing rooms. And we had two restrooms. And we had office space and we had community space yeah so you know it our 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 space should always feel like this is a place that they can be this is their home this is where they spend most of their time if you're in rehearsal all day and you're in class all day when you, you're at home you're home absolutely yeah okay and when you go home you're at home just get some sleeping kids something to eat get back up and go back to work Earl, you know, sometimes we were sleeping in the studio. (laughs) You know, we did. (laughs) I know. Listen, you know what used to happen? I'd I'd rehearse them until 1230 at night Mm -hmm. on a piece. Come on, girl. And they'd be, (laughs) someone would be crying to get out of there, honey. Yeah. (laughs) But you know what? Everybody was, they stayed, they stayed. They said, no matter how late I worked, they stayed, they stayed. Okay. And to this day, they still tell that story about, you know, crying because they wanted to go home because they were at the studio, but they had to finish this piece and they had to do it again and again and again. And again. <laughs> I wouldn't let them go. <laughs> you wouldn't let them go, girl. You're like, no, we're not done. We're not done yet. We're not um, done yet. This is not finished. So where where is the hall located? The hall is at 2951 West Montrose, which is the corner of Montrose and Sacramento in Albany Park. So we're kind of West now. Okay. Okay. It's a very interesting community. Albany Park is one of the most diverse communities in the city of Chicago. Oh, wow. I didn't realize. Nice. Yes. I didn't realize it either until we moved there. Until you moved over there. Everybody's so, in that neighborhood. I love it. Everybody. And I love that you're going to have, you're going to finally have your own, or, or again, because I think you did at one point before me, uh, a, a performance space, more than one performance space that is in the same venue as the training facility, as the offices. I mean, that's that's got to feel really exciting and really amazing. It really, really is. And I cannot stress our gratitude enough mm-hmm. to the Logan Foundation for giving us that opportunity because uh, it would not have happened without them. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think now that we just need to raise more money to get that building open because there's a lot of work to be done on that interior. So how do we do that? Like, do you, I'm sure you have a link or something. Is there something you can send me that I can post with the episode if people would like to donate or contribute? Absolutely. They can donate through igive.com. Okay. Or they can donate on the website on joelhall.org. Perfect. It's probably the easiest way to go. They'll just go there and it'll the, the website will direct them to the It'll, the it'll direct you where to, where to, where to go. I yeah. love it. You know, you've obviously received uh, many awards and acknowledgments over over your career. I mean, you uh, been you're been inducted into the Chicago Gay and Lesbian Hall of Fame. Uh, you've uh, had multiple lifetime achievement awards: one from the Jazz Dance World Congress, one from the African American Arts Alliance. You've received the Catherine Dunham Award. Um, uh, you were Chicago's best choreographer 2020 by the Reader. There's many more, of course. 
Mm-hmm. After all of that, I mean, what do you what do you think, or at least, or even hope that your company, your legacy, your work, ha- what type of impact it's had on the global dance community and even within the local community in Chicago? Well, I certainly would hope that the legacy would be uh, that we gather mm-hmm. people together who are different themselves and we learn from them mm-hmm. i i find it very interesting that when people come together who are different they come together and then they find that there is a common cause uh movement allows them the freedom to discover that they're the same oh i love that oh say that again girl no. <laughs> Say it again, girl. Go ahead. I'm serious. I think that dance allows us the opportunity to explore the possibility of sameness. Oh, I love that. Well, and you touched on that earlier. You mentioned that, you know, earlier, even with gay liberation and with the, with the, you know, AIDS and everything in between that it was a matter of understanding each other. First, we understand ourselves, we learn, we read, we take class, we understand the language. Mm -hmm. I'd love to speak Spanish fluently. I, I studied Russian in college because I was going to be a, I was initially going to be a biologist oh okay had, honey honey i had sure. to go. that's a whole other story <laughs> we'd be I having a whole other conversation I had right now. so many ventures into linguistics <laughs> and biology and criminology and you can name it child i've been through there yeah okay but finally you know i settled into sociology because i felt that that was really closer to who I was as a person, mm-hmm. the, the, the person that wants to study society, that wants to learn more about people. And that has been my modus operandi every since I was a teenager. What do you think inspires you the most? Is it people? Is it, as you mentioned, uh, society and people? Um, or is it music? Or is it a comb- or is it environment? I- I think it could come from any number of areas. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think certainly I'm always inspired by dancers. Mm-hmm. That is my life. Yeah. And like I said, I can tell when they walk through the door uh, who they are before they put their bag down. So I know if I'm going to work with this dancer or not. Instantly. <laughs> well, you know, after all this time, you get to the point that you can kind of figure that out immediately. It's sure. almost like rote. Sure. Um, and the legacy should be that of bringing people together who are different always, because that is the world in which we live. Mm-hmm. It is not one way or that way. Mm-hmm. Or that way, or that way, but it's that. never ending, infinite. It's infinite. It's infinite. It keeps it moving. 
Steph Poon, you told us to go to corner one, Potterbury to corner two, Potterbury to corner three, and Potterbury to corner four. <laughs> All in the half turn. Quarter turn, half turn, full turn, double turn. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> oh, I love it. So I have to ask too. Again, another might be hard because because you're nothing um, is hard. Just okay. just go for it. Go all for right, it. Just ask for it. You're right. I love it. I'm trying to be. I'm being too careful. Do you have out of all of your your portfolio? I'll call it uh, mm-hmm. in your your repertoire. Uh, mm-hmm. Do you have a favorite memory or a favorite piece that you created that you still look back on and are like, oh. I, I just so, I nailed that. <laughs> I, well, no, I never get to the point that I nailed that because I think that a piece, I think that each piece that I choreograph is a signature for a certain time period. It's oh, like writing music. Yeah. Music has signatures, mm-hmm. right? So a ballet is for a specific period in your life that you have created this work. Mm. So I never like to variate that. I like for it to represent what it represents to whoever it represents it to and have a feeling from that. You know, I think that people can relate to my work in that way because they get a feeling from it. Mm -hmm. Something happens organically with them. Yeah. You know, they want to move. Oh, I love it. You know? They want to scream, <laughs> you know, I'm seriously. And they do. And, and they I do. Love I, I love my audiences. They just go crazy. They do. <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, my God. You're t- and you're taking me back. I'm sitting over here swaying back and forth in my chair. right? Now. <laughs> yes, they Come on, girl. Well, you know, I had an experience. You know, I love that you brought that up. I, I want to tell you, I don't even know if I'll keep this in the podcast. I just want to tell you. Um, but like I was uh, a couple of years ago, I was choreographing for uh, for a corporate client. I was doing a show for Paul Mitchell um, uh-huh. and we were doing their their big like world symposium where they did it here in Vegas in one of the arenas. So, you know, 14,000 yeah. seat, you know, theater in the round, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I was working with one of the artists and I it wasn't going well. Long story short, it wasn't going well. I was we were not connecting at least the way I felt that we could, we should in order to produce something, you know, that, that was worth it. <laughs> Great art. Yes. <laughs> and I, rem- I noticed that I noticed within myself during the process, it, it was getting down to the wire and we were actually already in the theater, like we're in the arena and they were, we were, you know, in rehearsals and, you know, this is happening in a couple of days and it's still not quite right. And I noticed I it coming. You're coming, and I noticed. I know what's gonna happen. Okay, girl. And I said, I I noticed. I kept saying to her, the artist. I kept uh, the hair art, the the person that I was featuring, and I was hired to choreograph her vision. Um, but she is not a dancer. She doesn't know, you know, what we what what it was like to create movement, you know. But either way, this was her number. She was the Paul Mitchell artist that I was that I was featuring. And I noticed I kept saying, what is it that you um, are trying to say? What's your message? What is it that you want to say? And then I I corrected myself finally um, when it got down to the wire. And I said, you know what? Forget what I said before. Let me ask you, what do you want people to feel when they watch this? And with that, we were able to make that final breakthrough and make the connection to to put this piece together. And it went over fabulously. But that is exactly that. Yeah. (laughs) Keep working like that, Bill. Oh, thank you. Because that is key. Mm-hmm. Feeling is everything. Oh, I love that. Am I going to get a, what am I, how am I going to feel 
when I get up from this seat? Yeah. What is, am I going to feel happy or am I going to feel sad? Am I going to feel um, inspired? Am I going to feel, you know, exactly love or sadness or (laughs) the human experience, honey, the theater, yeah, the human experience, honey, girl. (laughs) Yes. Um, Last question I want to ask you, I really want to ask your opinion or your take on um, uh, social media, essentially. I don't remember when I was a young dancer ever it ever being acceptable or something we ever even occurred to us to film class and put it on YouTube or put it on the internet. Class was time to to learn and grow and make mistakes if you if you were going to make them, you make them there. You don't want to make them on stage. Um, and I've noticed, obviously, over the last five five or so years, the the culture has changed, and and now we see everything on social media, and you mm-hmm. see people recording themselves in class as if it's almost an audition when it's just class. And I'm wondering what your take on the, the influence social media has had on, on dancers. Okay. I think it's, um, I think that the value of social media is understated. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, because it's a very, very unique, powerful tool. I think that where you go for your information and what you get is very important. You're not going to, listen, you're not going to be in ABT from uh, video classes. Right. If that is your aspiration, I have a girl at the Graham School right now. She's been there for three years and they've already have her on faculty. Yes, girl. Now, can we talk? (laughs) This is how we produce dancers. Mm -hmm. This is how we produce leaders. Sure. And Bill, you remember, if you if you do, I always talked about the detail. Yes, you did. Of the movement, I want to see the finger. Yes. Why is that (laughs) finger there? Let's remove it. Which was a whole another question sometimes. No, why is oh, that no. finger there? No. What does that have to what do with that my finger? <laughs> it's not that finger. It's that finger. That finger. <laughs> Nonetheless, you know. I, I love it. Yes, the detail. I think the dancers cannot pick up those subtleties in video. Mm. Yeah, no, you're right. I think that you have to have a teacher to instruct you to be there with you and watch you very carefully mm-hmm. watch that tondu are they working through that foot to get over that big toe mm-hmm. how do we get onto that point shoe yes get over that box honey no <laughs> get over that box okay like, i love it oh my gosh joel i could talk to you all day long i love <laughs> that was so much fun this has been so much fun, and I, 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 I just am so honored. And you, you know, I, I just, I, I just adore you, and I, I really appreciate all, all the words that you shared you with us today in the audience today. And I just, you, you just, yes, girl, yes, girl. <laughs> I love you too, Bill. And I think what the work that you're doing is marvelous. This pos, this podcast is absolutely wonderful. Thank and you. The title is even more wonderful. Oh, thank you. Because it's very specific. Yeah. Hey, girl. Girl. Well, you know, I, I thank you for that. I, I went back and forth with the title initially, and I ultimately went with it because it, it's not even a character I'm playing. That, that's how I talk. So, 
that's not real. Right. This but is that's, real. What makes, that's what makes it real. Yeah. Uh, that's well, what makes it authentic. That's what makes it Bill Janice. Oh, well, I just I love you so much. And I'm I'm very grateful for your time today. Um, tell remind happy. everybody how they can get involved with the hall. Okay, you can jo- go to Joel Hall, J-O-E-L-H-A-L-L at uh no joelhall.org. <laughs> I was org. My email. Gotcha. No emails, please. Don't email her. No. Okay. <laughs> Unless Let's it's a check email. or uh, like a okay. link to some money. No, Unless you go and hand me a check. <laughs> I love it. Okay, you can PDF that. Yes, you can. <laughs> okay, I love it. Yeah. Uh, joelhall.org for donations or I give.com. Mm-hmm. You can also donate to the company through igive.com. That's Joel Hall Dancers and Center. Perfect. Well, that wraps it up for us on the season three premiere of Hey Girl. So excited to be back for a third season and can't wait to share all of the fun things I've been working on with all of you. Uh, If you like what you heard, show us some love. Hit that subscribe button. Uh, You can also check us out on YouTube. Our website is at heygirlpodcast.com. Girl is spelled with a U. You can get branded merchandise there, musical playlists, cocktail recipes, episodes, We got it all there. So check us out and new episodes every Friday. Have a good one, girl. Bye.